Hi, I'm Holden Sherman from Miles of Sports Podcast, and today, on Mile 22, I'm going to be giving my Sherman senses for Sunday, December 5th. My first Sherman sense for today is that I want to talk about how important this Bills-Patriots game is this week, tomorrow on Monday Night Football. You know, both teams come in with only four losses, but the Patriots have an extra win because they played an extra week of football because they have not had their bye week yet. Their bye week occurs next week in week 14. You know, we've got, according to pro football reference, we've got the top two ranked defenses here. And I think that's really important to mention. And both defenses are coming off of stellar performances. I mean, you saw what the Patriots did to the Tennessee Titans, albeit a depleted Tennessee Titans team, but still a very good one who coming into the matchup last week was the number one seed. And you're coming in for um, a Buffalo Bills team that won on primetime on Thanksgiving night um, and totally obliterated the Saints. And again, another team with a lot of injuries, but it still means a lot when you go in and you beat a top five head coach like Sean Payton um, and you do it in primetime the way you did. I think a player to watch for this game is definitely Kendrick Bourne. Over the last three games, he's got three touchdowns. Um, and I think that that Bill Belichick is not necessarily known for drafting or signing um, elite wide receivers. I know he's done his fair share over the years, such as Randy Moss back in the 2000s. But Kendrick Bourne has been a really, really nice um, uh, pickup for them. I think Mac Jones really likes throwing him the ball. Um, they like to do a lot of trick stuff with him. He's thrown a touchdown pass this year, which is miraculous. Um, I think that, you know, he adds another uh, level of dynamicness to their team. And especially with no Tredavious White out, uh, with, no, with no more Tredavious White as he's out for the season with a torn ACL, you could possibly see him have an, an even better game. I know he'll have like Jordan Poyer on him and, you know, Micah Hyde is playing safety. And I think that um, that Bills defense is so deep, it doesn't mean that they're totally out of it. But I think you could see a player like uh, Kendrick Bourne, who has the ability to be explosive and has done it in previous years too, like when he played for the San Francisco 49ers, to possibly go off. So I would definitely watch out for him to have a big game. Um, another key for the for, key for the Bills is their rushing offense. The Bills have been talked about a lot this year that they don't have a go-to rushing running back. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and Matt Breida, they all play their own rules. But the Pats give up the seventh most um, yards per rush in the NFL this year. So I think that if the Bills are able to establish a run game, especially on at because they're at home and they'll have the crowd, which will be really beneficial to them, I think that could really help them pay dividends. But I do wonder when it comes down to when you're in the playoffs, if not having that um, that established run game, or at least that go-to running back, will hurt them to an extent. Obviously, you don't. not every team needs a Derrick Henry um, or a Jonathan Taylor, but it's nice to have a running back that you can give it to on third and three and just say to yourself, you know, we need this guy to get, get the first down. And albeit the Bills' offensive line is tremendous and one of the reasons why they've got one of the better passing attacks in the NFL, but you still want to have um, balance to your offense. And I know Josh Allen, one of the benefits of him not only with his big size and frame and his ability to throw the football long and deep, um, he can rush for the ball, but still, you want you want that alternative option. My second Sherman sense for today is that the narrative on Tua Tunga Viola is starting to change. In November, 
he went undefeated. They went 4-0. And I know a lot of that has to do with their defense that um, has given up, um, uh, has not given up more than 17 points per game since um, this win streak started. But, you know, you still have to um, give credit where credit is due. Tua Tungaviola is the fourth QB in NFL history to have games with back-to-back completion percentage over 80%. I mean, he totally outdueled Cam Newton. And I know that Cam Newton um, is coming back from not playing to the start of the year. But, you know, if, I think a couple weeks ago, people would have thought otherwise that Tua would be the more inaccurate quarterback in a game like that. And Tua also showed the ability to win games on primetime. Tua was really, really, really good versus Baltimore. Um, I know Baltimore's offense looked putrid in that game, but you still have to give Tua credit where credit is due. He was pushing the ball downfield. Um, he looked confident. Um, I think he's starting to find his stride. Ever since he was um, injured early in the year, he seems to be more comfortable, and I think people need to start talking about um, his performance. I mean, since week six, he is he has more touchdowns than Justin Herbert, um, and if you... No one would expect that. I think that the Dolphins right now, um, going from looking like they had a lost season at 1-7, and seven, are looking like even if they don't make the playoffs because the AFC is really stacked and being 5-7 and seven right now um, doesn't get you in. Um, if I'm looking at the Dolphins, I don't find this as much of a wash season as I would have four or five weeks ago. But they still have a couple really big games left that um, could dictate their season as they play the New York Giants today. And they, then they got their bye week, and then they play the New York Jets. Possibly if they win both those games, they'll be 7-7. Seven and seven, And, you know, they could, be, they could be a game out. And they still have games versus the Patriots, um, who will also be in the playoff hunt. Um, they, they have a game against the Titans still, um, and versus the Saints. So, you know, the Dolphins are not out of it yet. But more importantly, I think that they have to hold on to Tua Tunga-Viola, as he's shown the potential, especially against good defenses. I mean, Baltimore's defense has the ability to be really solid sometimes. You know, Carolina's defense is, is no joke, um, especially when it comes to the passing game. You know, Tua's starting to show some things, and I think we've got to give credit where credit is due. So I think drafting Jalen Waddle this year was um, a great move for them, not just because he's a great player, but I think he's also opening up the field for Tua um, as he has more options to throw to, and he has um, a good tight end to throw to as well in Mike Gusecki. I think overall... You're seeing uh, the development of Tua, but it took some time. But I understand people who were um, uneasy, but we got to um, address the now, and the now is that Tua is playing very well. And my third and final Sherman sense for today is an NBA one. I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns, who just ended their 18-game winning streak. I love the balance that this team has. Chris Paul's playing elite. I mean, he just finds a way, even if he's not scoring the basketball at a high pace, to just be such an important factor on the court. I mean, he's leading the NBA in assists. He's averaging a double-double. And his three-point shot currently isn't falling as a high of a clip as it has in past seasons, but I believe that will turn it around. I just want to talk about like how tremendous he is. I mean, you look at his impact last year. Comes from um, the Thunder, who he totally rejuvenated. Um, we probably wouldn't have made the playoffs without him, to making them um, a five seed and going all the way down to game seven versus the Houston Rockets in the 2019-20 um, season, the NBA bubble year, um, to last year, 
leading a team that didn't even make the playoffs the year before, all the way to the NBA Finals, being up two games to zero with a chance to really win them. That would not have occurred without him. I also think that um, his efforts in the locker room to kind of galvanize that team and really motivate them. I mean, you've heard quotes from Devin Booker, and you've seen what DeAndre Ayton has said about Chris Paul and his impact on the team. I think it's miraculous and it's praiseworthy. Um, Cameron Payne, too. He really looks up to Chris Paul. You know, and I think the reason why they're first in field goal percentage, fourth in assists, third in defensive rating, third um, in average a scoring average scoring margin, all of while being 21st in three-point pointers made per game, all is a testament to Paul. He's been very healthy this year, which is um, a great thing, um, kind of helps their offense stay stable. I think that, you know, you see those guys and they're motivated. You know, you, you heard Paul talk about after he um, lost the finals last year, he has this dying urge to get back and you can totally see it in his play. I think you've got players like Bridges who after they got their salary um, contract extension, um, are even more made, motivated. I mean, that defense he played on Steph Curry on Tuesday night was miraculous, giving Steph Curry his first game, um, shooting over 20 shots and having over uh, under 20, um, a 20% field goal percentage. You look at what they're doing there and you say to yourself, not only are they going to be good for now, they're going to be good for the future too. I mean, they've got a bunch of pieces that are long-term. They'll they'll sign Aiton to a contract extension over the the over the, uh, this upcoming summer. I'm not concerned about that. So when you you factor that in, you've got Devin Booker who's just peaking, um, just hitting their prime. You've got Mikel Bridges who every year has gotten better as an NBA player. You've got DeAndre Ayton who is a force inside and really can exploit mismatches, as shown versus the Golden State Warriors on Tuesday night. Um, you've got you've got Cameron Payne who is like a sponge. He soaks in all this that he gets from Chris Paul and his game is starting to be really explosive and he's a dynamic scorer when he's given the opportunity. Like when Chris Paul was out last year for games one and two of the Western Conference Finals with COVID. Um, Payne stepped up and had a playoff career high. Um, you've got players like Landry Shamit who are good on the defensive end and also can hit big shots um, when needed, like, like Tuesday night versus the Warriors. You've got players like Cameron Johnson who had his career high this year of 22 points. Players who are getting better like him. I love his game. He can do a lot of things. He's a very, um, his, his play style is very modern. He can handle the ball a little bit. He can, he can space the floor. I really love his game. Um, and, you know, overall, you've got Monty, Monty Williams, who really leads that team and motivates them to um, be better every night, and you can totally see it. If I'm looking at the Phoenix Suns, not only do I think they match up well against almost any team um, in the West this year, especially with the Lakers um, injuries and stuff like that. And I think that if they play Golden State, it'd come down to the wire. I think I would still side with Golden State, but if someone said to me Phoenix would win, I would totally believe them and totally understand it. But if you look at teams in the future, I mean, you've got Denver, but Denver's got all these injury questions. You know, Michael Porter's out for the year, probably. Jamal Murray is still out for torn ACL. So we don't know the long-term implications of that. Also, that team is very... Um, committed salary-wise, and I don't see a lot of ways that that team really improves themselves a lot. I know that um, they just signed Aaron Gordon to a $92 million contract extension this past offseason. You've already got a lot of money committed to Murray and Porter and Jokic and Will Barton, so I'm not sure how much better that team can get. You look at a team like the Phoenix Suns, who, yeah, after they sign Aiton to um, his contract extension, are also going to be um, in a flux financially, 
they always have found ways to um, make their team better. You look at this past offseason. They traded away their 27th pick for Landry Shaman, a player that they could sign to a contract extension, um, which was a smart move. And now they have him signed long term. So if you look, and they still have uh, Cameron Johnson, they still have um, trade assets they can uh, possibly um, they that they can possibly use to to get better. So if you look at that team, you say to yourself, "Wow, they're really good now, but they're going to be just as good in the future." I'm Holden Sherman from Miles of Sports Podcast, and this wraps up Mile Twenty Two, where I give my Sherman census for today. I talk about how the Bills-Patriots game tomorrow on Monday night is such an important game and we learn a lot about both teams. I discuss how Tua Tungaviola has really changed the narrative about his performances. And I discuss how the Phoenix Suns are playing the lead and not only could that lead to success for them in the, the present, but it could also lead to a lot of success in the future for them. Everyone have a nice day. See you all on Mile 23.